Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And unfortunately, Wes, we have to talk about a difficult defeat. Sunday in Atlanta, the Packers fall to the Falcons 25-24, getting outscored 13-0 in the fourth quarter. Packers let this one get away. There's no two ways about it. They played pretty darn good football for three quarters but it all kind of unraveled on both sides of the ball in the fourth quarter and they came back from Atlanta with a lot of regrets yeah and and I think the the tough thing about this and I know I noticed it with our fans the insider inbox column these losses are always difficult because you know you don't get blown out you don't you know there isn't one thing that you can point to it's just 15 minutes of regrettable football at the end of that game and Matt LaFleur it's not a big thing I know it's not going to draw the most headlines but he hit it on the head afterwards and he reiterated on Monday complimentary football in this league is so important and when you look at the Atlanta Falcons and what they did in the fourth quarter and the people that stepped up yeah Bijan Robinson's pretty darn good yeah Desmond Ritter made some good plays some good checks but it was across the board with players stepping up for the Green Bay Packers they just didn't have that one guy that kind of put it on their shoulders. So not that you need it to be one guy, but but sometimes that's where you look at the game against Chicago and, and you're like, well, Aaron Jones, that offensive line, that gave them the spark. Green Bay needed a spark in the fourth quarter and they just couldn't find one. Yeah, that was the thing is it, it as that fourth quarter was unfolding, the Packers began it with a 24 to 12 lead. The early in the fourth quarter, the Falcons hit a 45 yard deep shot down the field that put them into scoring range. And so even though the Packers were up by 12 points, once they once they hit that big shot, they were down in the red zone. It was like, okay, you know, you know, this is game on for an entire fourth quarter. And the Packers just never, whether it was on offense or defense, were never able to make a play that even started to shift the momentum. If if the defense got a third down stop, they gave up a fourth down conversion, or the uh, Falcons were kicking a field goal. The offense was unable to get a first down. The last three possessions, a three and out, a three and out, and a four and out. Um, Both sides of the ball had opportunities to turn the tide, to get things going back in the right direction. And it's really too bad because 
if the Packers had been able to to either hang on or find a way with that final possession with 57 seconds left to get the points that would have been needed to win this game, it would have been such an uplifting victory because you went into this game without Christian Watson, without Aaron Jones. You find out 90 minutes before kickoff, David Bakhtiari can't play. Those are three of your most important, most valuable players on the entire offense, yet everything was going just fine until the end of the game and give the Falcons credit when the play when the chips were down as you said in insider inbox when the chips were down and the plays had to be made the Falcons were the ones that made them the Packers didn't yep and unfortunately not every quarter is created equal in the fourth quarter if you win that one as decisively as the Falcons did 166 total yards to 11 obviously the point swing that you just touched on it's going to be something that catapults you to a victory to, to quickly pull a great line from the wonderful Dom Capers I will start with the positives for a second <laughs> and the positive that my takeaway was is that this game showed you again how much of a gamer Jordan Love is uh, a lot of things working against this offense you don't have Christian Watson in week two well now you know you're not going to have Aaron Jones you don't have your all pro left tackle you lose Elton Jenkins all the depth that I spent training camp talking about of oh you got the veterans where you need them well it got young real quick and Jordan Love still rallied the guys. He still made the most of it. And I love the play call. I probably have beaten it to death more than anybody else on the beat. But being aggressive early on with the flea flicker, giving them a something to sort of set the tone, to give you that feather in your cap. Matt LaFleur in the offense, I like the way they started this thing off with the first 15 scripted plays. It was just a matter of execution. And the Green Bay Packers, for better or worse, it kind of turned into this game where you either were on a scoring drive we kind of were going three and out, and unfortunately the three and outs came at the wrong time in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I want to get to the young players for the Packers that stepped up on offense and, and, and gave them a chance to win this game. But I think the other thing, and we don't need to go through chapter and verse on everything that went wrong in the fourth quarter. There was you know, the fourth and four with the read option play, the zone read play by the Falcons. You regret that one. There's the third and one on offense with A.J. Dillon. You regret that one. But Matt LaFleur also made a point on Monday to say, hey, you know, it's not as though the first three quarters of this game film yep. were, uh, you know, pristine, totally clean football. The Packers had a ton of missed opportunities, whether you're talking about, you know, taking a delay of game on a field goal, which then push, pushes, you know, the Packers five yards further back and LaFleur decides not to try from 56 yards and play the field position game there off of off of the first possession. So the flea flicker, which drew the defensive pass interference, ends up going to waste there. Uh, Rasul Douglas gets an interception early in the ball game, but then on a third down, you have a miscommunication on pass protection. Jordan Love uh, gets sacked by a free runner, a free blitzer, so that turnover is not turned into points. Again, the complimentary football thing. Defensively, the Packers dropped two interceptions that hit them right in the hands, right in the chest. However, you wanna you wanna say it. So there were there were all of these missed opportunities where yes, the Packers had a 24 to 12 lead after three quarters. But when you're looking at it strictly from the Green Bay perspective, and certainly there were things Atlanta did mm -hmm. wrong, and they had their regrets in the first three quarters as well. But the Packers really felt like they should have been ahead by a lot more than 12 points after three quarters. But then what it comes down to is in the fourth quarter, and this is what the NFL is all about, is when it's crunch time, when it's game on the line, if you want to call it winning time or, or whatever phrase you want to use, what you do in those moments either 
either magnifies your regrets from earlier in the game or it erases them. It takes them away. The Packers' regrets became magnified, and the Falcons got to forget about all theirs because they walked out with a win. Yeah, and, and you know, Mike, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back because that's not what I'm saying here, but what did you and I talk about the most last week? There were two big tangibles I thought were in this matchup. It was, as you wrote in, you know, one last look, who wins the ground game? Right. Where is that game decided? Right. And then the turnover margin. Green Bay actually managed to win the turnovers in this with that pick from Rasul Douglas. But how different is this football game if that is 3-0 or as Rasul even said in the locker room afterwards, 5-0 <laughs> plus 5? <laughs> um, because Rudy Ford had his hand on a ball. I mean, there were opportunities. Yeah, there were some there. deflected balls that deflected up in the air and the Packers the, couldn't come down with them. The, the Jair one would have been a spectacular play if he made it. It would have been probably a highlight reel type play. The, the real gut punch for me, though, was the Quay one, just because it was almost a carbon copy exactly. of what in Chicago. He exactly. had the right zone drop. He had the read. It was something the Packers were looking for, and you just couldn't quite bring it yep. in. A young quarterback who just didn't see him yep. and threw the ball right to him. And, uh, and yeah, that was but, it was. You're right. It was a carbon copy of Chicago. He caught the one in Chicago. He didn't catch this one. Yep. That's what that's That happens. And, and last thing I'll just say on this quickly, Bijan Robinson came as advertised, a really explosive young man, two-way player. As I joked, an insider inbox not even really a joke it's the truth you're kind of happy that he didn't end up in the nfc north i mean this guy looks like he's gonna be a real problem down in the south but the other aspect of it tip your cap to desmond ritter because i didn't give him a whole lot of respect going in this thing i wasn't overlooking him but you just you see the stats you see how they play conservatively and you're like okay like how good is this guy what they're trying to do what arthur smith's trying to do down there in atlanta the young man runs it really well he had some good checks that 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 slant play that Matt LaFleur talked about on the third down to Bijan Robinson. I, I, people can talk whatever they want about the containment on the keeper on the fourth and goal. Mike, when I finally noticed he had the ball, he was crossing the end zone. I mean, yeah. it was a really good look. You have to defend it better. Yeah. But, but Atlanta did an exceptional job of executing their offense, and that was the difference late. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't like, I don't want to, I don't want to take credit away from Atlanta. I certainly don't, but, um, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to be on the Desmond Ritter bandwagon after what I thought should have been a three interception yeah. game for a young quarterback. I don't think he really played all that well, quite frankly. But the difference in the game was Bijan Robinson because, yes, the Packers struggled to stop the run all game long. It was, it, it, it was a problem. But what made it a bigger problem is that. 
when they were in position on a lot of plays to stop the run and the players were where they were supposed to be, Bijan Robinson just made guys miss. Yep. And so that's, you know, that's not about that's not about scheme, that's not about the call, that's not about whatever. That's about getting a really really dynamic offensive weapon on the ground and there was one play Matt LaFleur even talked about it and I know exactly the one he's talking about where Robinson made four guys miss in a span of about a second and a half Um, and that you know we had talked about that all last week about about okay where is your tackling going to be in this game and are you going to be able is a missed tackle going to lead to an explosive run or is a missed tackle just going to lead to a couple of extra yards and uh, and Robinson was Robinson was the was the difference in this game hands down when they had they had those fourth and ones they knew that we're just going to give the ball to number seven and he's going to find a way to uh, to move the chains and even on some fourth and ones he's getting five seven yard runs that are that are pushing the and ball downfield just too much um, too much for the Packers to they overcome. They made a good adjustment too I mean they, they stopped trying to run at Kenny Clark uh, after the first quarter and they started getting more of the wide zone going and when you have a guy that can accelerate that quickly and being able to win on the edges and cut and cut that quickly cut and, that. and and move in the the the, sh- the shiftiness of it and the Packers just couldn't handle it. Yeah, it was it, that was a real challenge. And again, it's it, Mike. This isn't new. We we talked about this even before the opener. The Packers have some real tests coming up now. They're going to avoid Elvin Kamara because of the suspension, and you know. But you still got Gibbs after that. You still got you know Josh Jacobs coming down the pipe. They have some tough run offenses that they're going to face and. You have to learn those lessons. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's going to be the tough thing because you know how this league works, Wes. I mean, yes, opponents, you spend some time looking at, you know, the previous year's game film and whatnot when you're preparing early in the season. Once you get a couple games on film, then everybody's looking at those in terms of how they game plan. This performance, run defense-wise, is now on film for every single Packers opponent to look at and to pick apart and to devise their game plan. The Packers are going to be forced to stop the run to improve in that area and they can't you're not just going to be able to take the field and say all right we're going to score a bunch of points and take the other team out of their running game it was 24 to 12 going into the fourth quarter and the falcons were like no we're not giving they up ran on a the run offense. we're we're going to we're going to keep running the football yeah. and because they knew there would be enough possessions left in the game to win and uh, and that's what they were able to do did it with really good tempo too i was yeah. impressed by that they got in and out of their their calls pretty quick and that's that's not always easy to do in run calls and that's where and that's where I do give Ritter credit and when you you had mentioned the way he ran some checks checked out of certain things you saw the way they were running motions getting a getting a read on uh, on what the Packers were doing defensively they had the time on the play clock to do that and they made the Packers pay I do want to get to some of those bright spots certainly talking about young players first a little bit of sponsor business Sirius XM NFL radio delivers hard hitting analysis and up to the minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24 7 365 and at cousin subs we have something for everyone like our Wisconsin cheese curds mac and cheese golden fries and creamy shakes all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl cousin subs 50 years of better all right when you're talking about the bright spots and what the Packers were able to do here. It starts with the rookie wide receivers, Jaden Reed with two touchdowns, Dontavian Wicks with another one. Wicks was the target on the opening play flea flicker that drew the pass interference penalty. Christian Watson was, was not in this game. Romeo Dobbs got a lot of attention from the Falcons in their secondary. And those, uh, the two rookies, the second rounder and Reed, the fifth rounder and Wicks, those guys stepped up and gave uh, um, 
gave Jordan Love good targets and uh, and they made some very efficient and important plays in this football game. Yeah, Mike, you, you got a chance to see Greg and Greg Jennings and James Jones right off the bat. Um, I, I did not in terms of actually covering them, but I remember that 2011 season. And although I wasn't full time on the beat yet, I remember watching Randall Cobb and the limited opportunities he got that season just how much poise he he showed and just for a guy that entered the league at 20 years old the first 1990 birth year in the National Football League but he he looks so much more mature than that Jaden Reed gives me those same vibes I mean he's just a guy that gets it that's not to say that you know he won't make mistakes they're gonna come yeah but the receiver position and especially with him on punt returns that is a position where you can't be a deer in the headlights you have to be ready for it you have to be prepared and you have to be able to stand up at those times I really like what I've seen from Reed. Uh, and again, it's going to be a work in progress. The Packers have to find themselves here. They got to rally back from this loss. But you just sit there and think, man, oh, man, if they can get Christian Watson back, we'll see when it happens. But the reps that Reed has taken, even Wicks getting a big confidence boost with his 32-yard touchdown, and Romeo Dobbs just being so consistent despite coming off of that hamstring injury, the Packers have a wide array of receiving options here. And I think a guy like Reed is only going to keep getting better. Yeah, and, and but even – as good a game as Jaden Reed had, they're dealing with uh, the offense with Love and Reed and, and the ups and downs that go along with it. There was a play early in the game where Reed didn't have his head turned and the ball kind of whizzes past him, right? And then on the first play of the final drive, Love and Reed just not quite on the same page where he's he's running a quick stop route and, and Love thought maybe he was going to you know turn a different way or something and, and the ball's a little bit off target. So you're you're still you're you're dealing with uh you're dealing with those ups and downs but i am totally on board with you you have to love what you see there is a there is a smoothness to his game there is there is this presence that he has out there that just says i belong in the nfl and i and i fit here and and we were talking about it all through training camp in the preseason how he just looks like he fits this offense and the things that matt lafleur wants to do with a receiver with uh, with that kind of skill set so and the other thing unfortunately you you cover the press conferences i go into the post game you know locker room i was in the Jaden reed scrum when they won and when they lost and he's the same dude. Yeah. He was there for it. He had his foot up against the locker saying, hey, it is what it is. You have to learn from it. That, that goes a long way. Yeah. They got a lot of those guys in that locker room, too. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> One of the things I'll point out, too, because we mentioned the flea flicker, this is this, this, the second game in a row we've seen 
some real creativity from Matt LaFleur and his offensive coaching staff because they came out in the second half against Chicago looking for a spark offensively, and they called the throwback screen, you know, real deceptive play and everything. They took the field at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you know, all the noise in, in that dome and everything, and the first play of the game, they run they run the flea flicker, not afraid to try to try some of this stuff to provide a, to provide a spark. And, you know, really other than, you know, yes, there were, there were certainly breakdowns in the running game. There was the one miscommunication and pass protection that led to a sack. One of the plays on the final drive, Jordan Love was under pressure and unfortunately couldn't get a deep ball to Reed where Reed had actually run a really good route and, and had beaten his man. But, uh, Love just wasn't able to step into the throw. So, again, an, another regret there. But the Packers, you know, Rasheed Walker stepped in at left tackle for David Bakhtiari. You had Royce Newman ended up stepping in for Elton Jenkins. Sounds like Jenkins is going to be out a couple of weeks uh, um, at, at a minimum with a knee injury. And Yash Nyman coming in and playing some snaps at tackle when Rasheed Walker is playing as the sixth O lineman, kind of that extra tight end thing, whatever you want to call it. Um, Packers had a lot of moving parts on the offensive line in this game, and unfortunately things just didn't come together in the fourth quarter. But 24 points through the first three quarters on the road, that's not a bad performance. You just wish they could have added, you know, all, all they needed was one drive, and you don't even know if they necessarily needed points. Yeah. They needed one drive, something to get to get going, to move the chains, to flip the field, to kill some clock, you know, take your pick. And, uh, and unfortunately, just uh, the, the fourth quarter didn't live up to, uh, to how they had performed in the first three. No, and, and I think it ultimately... <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to get into a rhythm when you're, you know, when you have one team that controls the ball for 36 minutes, it runs 78, 76 plays, whatever it was, and the other one's at 47. Yeah. And unlike out of the, you know, the break in Chicago where you had Aaron Jones, you had a veteran to turn to. Green Bay didn't really have that in this game. I thought that showed down the stretch. But I'll tell you what, man, th those are the type of crucibles, though, that guys learn from, especially when you have to, like, kind of look at each other and be like, okay, how are we going to figure this thing out? And it's going to be an 18-week ride, and you hope that obviously it gets you to its peak by the end of it. Yeah, well, the New Orleans Saints are up next for the home opener. Four days after that, the Detroit Lions will be coming in. So it's worth talking about where things stand in the NFC North. The same as last week. <laughs> <laughs> Packers and Lions at 1-1. One one. The Vikings and Bears yeah. are at 0-2. So nobody in the NFC North emerged from the first two weeks of the season unscathed. The Lions are certainly, you know, regretting what went down for them on Sunday because they had gotten the big win on the road over the Chiefs. They've got their home opener, all their fans behind them. The Seattle Seahawks, who had lost a tough home game in week one, they come in and, uh, you know, kind of a shootout, much like the Lions and the Seahawks have had those kinds yep. of kinds of games in the past. Um, it was it was interesting catching the highlights later how that game unfolded. Jared Goff threw a pick six in the fourth quarter. It looked like the Lions were were dead and gone. They come back. They score ten points yep. down the stretch in the fourth quarter to force overtime. But then their defense can't get off the field in overtime. They give up the opening touchdown drive, and uh, the Lions aren't able to get the ball back on offense in the OT. So uh, Seattle leaves Detroit one and one. Detroit comes out of that at one and one and 
we'll see here after week three with when the Lions and the Packers will both be on a short week. Who's going to be two and one? Who's who, is somebody going to be one and two? Um, long way to go here, but it's already looking like that uh, that week four game at Lambeau Field is going to be awfully big, no matter what happens in week three. It will be, and and again, we're really early in the week, but it sounds like David Montgomery here possibly a thigh injury, you know, potentially taking him down. That was another thing you and I talked about in preseason that. You know, he's a talented guy, but he's had a lot of injuries. And that was one of the issues that kind of prevented him from being an every-down player consistently for the Bears. That's going to be big because it looks like Gibbs, as talented as this young man is, the pass pro is probably the area game where he's still trying to catch up. There is no Jamal Williams to go back to. Very interested to see how they handle that. This doesn't have anything to do with the North, but, I mean, a, a real nice, strong gut check by Seattle. A disappointing loss. They rallied back for a win on the road. I thought Geno Smith showed a lot of poise. And certainly when you have someone like Tyler Lockett, who was kind of quiet in week one, being able to bounce back the way he did. A lot of talented teams in the NFC. I mean, I think there's yeah. a few that have sort of really separated themselves early on, but especially in this division in the NFC North, it is going to be anyone's race. And even a team like Chicago that is really struggling right now, you're still only one game behind here. Yeah, and you know, and you know that the uh, the Vikings are as happy as anyone <laughs> that both the Packers and the Lions lost in week two because um, – the Vikings had that tough task going to play Thursday night football at Philadelphia. They gave the Eagles a run for their money. Um, ended up losing that. Uh, ended up losing that game by one score. The Vikings are 0 2, but now they get a little bit of extra rest heading into Week Three, and they're looking at it as, "Hey, yeah, we're 0 2, but we're only one game out of the uh, of the NFC North lead." And uh, um, it it sure feels like it's going to take a while to see if anybody in this division is actually going to be able to take control of things. And it's funny, it seems like every year we do this show and we start talking about games in week two and week three and week four in the narrow margin of victory. Yep. You have the Minnesota Vikings at 0-2, now going to be going up against an L.A. Chargers team that is 0-2 and has lost those two games by a combined three points. Right. Now, Austin Eichler, we'll, we'll talk about this later in the week, whether or not he's back, whether or not he's not. That changes the entire complexion of this game. I, as I was talking to you about yesterday, you know, Dalton Reisner now signing with the Vikings after their banged-up offensive line trying to get some more depth. Moves and counter moves. Yeah. And, and seeing exactly how those things are going to equate to a win. It will be interesting to watch. Yeah, and everybody's talking about that seat getting hot under Brandon Staley with the Chargers after the the playoff debacle last year, and now they're starting 0-2 in 2023. Um, they've got the Vikings on Sunday. The Packers are going to have their hands full with the Saints team that is coming into Lambeau Field at 2-0 and off of a road Monday night victory over the Panthers. We will talk about that and that entire Saints team some more on our next show. But for now, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. 
You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.